Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to The 100 Report. I'm Chris. I'm Charlie. And today we are doing a big catch-up episode um, because The 100 is almost upon us. Is it what? It's about nine days now until it starts. You know what? I've completely lost track. I feel like this competition has been so long in the making that it's, yeah, we're literally within the final two weeks of the competition starting. We're both going to be there. At the first game at the Oval, um, the women's game that opens the competition, super excited. But we've got a lot to get through because there have been more changes and wildcard drafts. So we've got a lot to get through. Um, but first of all, how have you been, Chris? What are you up to? Um, well, not much. I mean, uh, work has started coming back. Uh, for those of the more keen listeners who follow us, I, uh, I am an actor as my day job and I am in the wonderful city of Derby at the moment, uh, on location, hence the uh, the hotel decor. But I always bring my trusty cricket ball with me. It's kind of like a, you know, like a worry ball thing. You know, you just, yeah, just carry it around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm good. Yeah, I, uh, keeping up. I've been watching a lot of the England stuff. Um, it's crazy what happened with the uh, the COVID bubble and the entire new squad, isn't it? You know what? It's so mad because. I feel like in the UK right now, we've got this sort of sense of security. Things are opening back up. We're a couple of days from no restrictions at all. And yet there are certain parts of the UK that have seemed to be getting a lot more um, COVID. And one of them being the sport teams, which you think w- would be mostly protected in this bubble. So I was really surprised at how many how many staff and um, and coaches also went down with the players. So yeah, wishing everyone the best, hope everyone's okay. Um, but it's been great in, in the respect that you can sort of see the upcoming talent and, and there were so many new caps arriving for the, for the last match. It was fantastic to see so many people do so well, particularly Saqib Mahmood. Um, but what was interesting, and I do find it particularly disheartening in a way, was that there was what, nine, new replacements or eight new replacements not one of them was Alex Hales yeah I mean it, from any outside eye it really feels like the writing's on the wall there that it feels like Alex Hales certainly for now potentially in perpetuity is done with his England uh, duties which I think is a crying shame because he's one of the best short form batsmen in the world but let's sort of focus on the positives I guess um I'm really glad to see Phil Salt have a go in uh, in England colours and he did really well in the second ODI and yeah the 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 battery of pace bowlers you've got Bryden Koss I'm so happy that Bryden Koss got a go because as you know I'm a fan of Bryden Koss and Lewis Gregory Lewis Gregory's great I, I think he should be in every starting 11 but he hasn't really had a full run he's had the odd T20 here and the odd little thing here and there but this is a nice little protracted run and I think all power to Ben Stokes, um, putting together a, effectively a second 11 England team. And as we are recording, there's been two matches played and they're 2-0 up and they've wrapped the series up. So, yeah, great job to him. But I guess, as you mentioned, there's quite a lot of changes as far as the 100 teams go. So I, I figured we should go through all of the squads. Um, we'll have a little chat through the the final listing so to speak and you know this is another additional you know a uh, little asterisk on the side it's the final team for now because it's probably going to change again but we'll run through the teams we'll talk about who's in and who's out and then we'll go through the wild card picks which as we know got selected and each one of the teams was allowed uh, a domestic player who's been having a very good time at the blast and we'll get to that. But uh, who should we start off with? 
Let's go with Birmingham Phoenix, if that's all right with you. Let's start in the middle, um, in the Midlands. We'll start with the Birmingham Phoenix, and they have got four changes. For me, the biggest to note is Kane Williamson's injury. He hasn't pulled out for any other reason other than he's injured. But what's good is that he will still remain with the squad as some kind of mental capacity. And I think that's really important because obviously Kane is such a fantastic player in, in all formats of the game. But just to have his experience and his the cool head on his shoulders that he has, I think it's great that he's stuck with the Birmingham Phoenix, albeit from you know behind the scenes rather than on, on the field. But it's a shame to have lost him straight away. Um, a couple of other changes. For those coffee lovers out there, it's a real shame that Adam Zampa is no longer available. Um, he is with Australia on duties, but um, yeah, that's going to be a shame for all the caffeine lovers out there. So um, Adam Zampa has been replaced uh, by Imran Tahir, um, which is, you know, I think a pretty good swap. Um, you know, Imran Tahir has heaps of experience, as we know, in the franchise circuit. And you do forget his age because his wicket-taking abilities are like any 20-year-old going. Um, I think he's about, what's it, 41 now? I wouldn't like to say, but, um, like but yeah. Um, it's well, a shame the, to lose Adam Zamper in that respect. Well, the big, the big thing for me about Imran Tahir is, as you know, I'm from Staffordshire, and uh, I was on uh, as a guest on Down at Third Man, the podcast, uh, with our lovely friend Ash. And he's also from Stoke-on-Trent. And we were talking about this because I don't know if you're aware of this, but Imran Tahir is a bit of a local legend amongst the North Staffs leagues because he used to play there quite a bit. I'm really happy to see him, especially because he wasn't retained by the Manchester Originals. But hey, Manchester's loss. It's Birmingham's game. Exactly. Um, no, that's a really, I mean, I think it's going to be fantastic to have Imran Tahir in the squad. Um, we have um, another big loss for the Birmingham Phoenix. Shaheen Sharafridi is gone. That's a massive loss, I think. I was really looking forward to, to seeing him, um, you know, in, in the opening attack with the new ball. I, I think he would have been fantastic. And they, they've gone with the New Zealand, another Kiwi, they've got, well, gone with Adam Milne, who's, you know, fantastic in his own right. But I do think that they've really kind of lost that ferocious opening attack that Shaheen Sharafridi would have, would have, would have given them. So that's a bit of a shame. Um, I feel like um, Adam Milne is definitely better with the death overs. So that's fantastic. They've got that as well. Um, but I do think that they have lost a specialist new, new ball attack with, um, with the left, with the left arm swing bowling attack, a loss with uh, Shaheen Sharafridi. But look, looking forward to seeing Adam Milne in action. Um, we also have Tom Helm in the squad. So that's another opening bowler option. And um, we mentioned before that we've lost Kane Williamson and we have replaced him. We, they have replaced <laughs> him with Finn Allen, who is fantastic. He's actually really, really good form right now. A good boundary hitter, strike rate is 170. Um, so that's, that's pretty good for a like for like replacement in terms of, um, some boundary hitters with Kane and Finn Allen. So, yeah, we've got, also got Will Smead, um, a 19-year-old Somerset batsman. He replaces Henry Brooks, um, which, you know, is, yeah, interesting because uh, one's a, bat, a batsman and one's a bowler. Yeah. But yeah. I think with, you know, you, with the other, you know, you've got Moen Ali in the squad, we've got a lot of other bowlers. So I think it's, it's a pretty decent team we're looking at still. I think it, it looks pretty, uh, it's pretty strong. I do think they're losing a bit of that new ball specialist, but pretty good team all round. So I'm looking forward to hearing who the wild card is for Birmingham Phoenix. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, one little bit of extra sad news for Birmingham Phoenix is that Elise Perry has pulled out for personal reasons, which I think is a crying shame. She is the 
one of the best women's cricketers in the world. It seems like a lot, there's been a big Australian exodus. Um, so it is a shame, but um, I guess there's enough strength and depth in the squad as it is. But as far as the wild card goes, uh, Birmingham Phoenix decided to pick up Dylan Pennington. Um, now, um, if you're au fait with what's going on in the T20 blast, he uh, plays for Worcestershire, he's a fast bowler. And the wild card is all based on people who have had a pretty good T20 blast. They tend to veer towards younger players, not necessarily, as we'll find out. But Dylan Pennington, big, tall, um, imposing fast bowler. His T20 average at the moment is 27, an economy of nine. So not fantastic, but, you know, he's still young. Um, he did just have a, a best bowling innings of four for nine, which is good. And he's already got 30 wickets in T20s. So I think he is going to be a very useful addition to the bowling. And especially if you mix him in with, um, you know, the likes of Pat Brown and uh, Adam Milne, there's going to be a nice mixture. Um, but yeah, that's Birmingham Phoenix's wildcard pick. Sounds great. And it's also worth mentioning that actually um, there are quite a few uh, opening batsmen in this team. And we spoke before in the previous podcast about how Moe and Ali can float up and down. Um, but, but there's a really good, yeah, good opening batsman presence in this, in this squad. So it's going to be interesting to see which, which formation they appear in. Going down to the London spirit, uh, there's only been one change in the team. And that's a really, really big loss. They've lost Glenn Maxwell, who I was really excited to see because he's such a powerful hitter and just a fantastic addition to any team obviously with all his franchise experience does so well he has been replaced by josh english who is actually um another opening batsman and he's really in form right now he's playing in the in the uk and uh he's also a keeping option as well so it means that they don't have to go with the wicketkeeper specialist of adam rossington that we spoke about before yeah so that's that's the only change um but yeah really really sad to see glenn maxwell pull out of this one i i am too i mean they don't call him the big show for no reason and obviously I go to the blast up in Lancashire a fair bit and I'm very used to seeing him play there. He's just entertainment. So it, it is a real shame, but Joss English is more than capable as a replacement. I watched an interview where Shane Warne was talking about how they had to replace Glenn Maxwell, but they got Joss Ingl uh, Josh English. So he seems pretty positive about it. And I think we all should be too. Um, as far as the wild card goes, they picked Blake Cullen, who is a young seamer who plays for Middlesex. So home conditions already knows the place, so to speak. Um, again, he's, a, he's another seamer and is obviously he's quite young, but his career uh, average at the moment in T20 is 19. So that's kind of encouraging, I think. And uh, best figures are four for 32. I think as far as me looking down the wild card, you're going to see most of the wild card selections were based on the bowlers as opposed to the batsmen. And it was very interesting when I was talking on the Down at Third Man podcast about the importance of bowlers in short form competitions, because it used to be, oh, you just need a biffer at the top of the order who's going to get you 100 every match. But as we're seeing more and more and more, there's a lot more onus on bowlers being in the team. So I think a very, a very, shrewd selection as far as London spirit goes for the wild card. Yeah, and it's good to have not too many changes in the team so it doesn't disturb things too much. Um, we're going to talk about a team next that have had a lot of changes and the most disruption of all the teams in the tournament. We're going to go to the Manchester Originals and they've had five changes. So the five players that they've lost out on are Shadab Khan, Nicholas Puran, 
Harry Gurney, Kagisa Rabada, and Wayne Madsen. So <laughs> that's a serious blow for each and every one of those players. Um, it's a real shame for them, and I really do think that they've suffered a lot from from this these changes. And we'll go through the replacements. First up, they have got Carlos Brathwaite, who I absolutely love. I think he's a fantastic player with so much T20 experience. Power hitter, um, on form with the ball, got good T20 seamer there. Um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic pick for them. Um, well, if he can do what he did to Ben Stokes in that World Cup uh, day in, day out, it's going to be fireworks. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see him play. Uh, you know, I have to say that, I mean, that was fantastic. Not, not for us, if you're sporting England, but... <laughs> Um, he hasn't quite ever got back to that level since that game. Um, you know, he's definitely, you know, you know, getting on a bit in his career. Um, but he's still, when he's on form, he is fantastic. So let's hope that he has a really good, great competition because he's just great to watch. Um, they've gone with Lockie Ferguson for Kakisa Rabada. Um, pretty good switch because he's, you know, he's really doing really well for Yorkshire right now, Lockie Ferguson. And he's also really good death over bowler option. So I'm, I'm pretty happy that Lockie Ferguson's in the team. Obviously, Rabada is an amazing bowler. He does so well each, each year in, in the IPL. We watch him, his, his stats are pretty good. Although the last couple of years, I have to say, his economy rate hasn't been as good as a couple of years before that. But I think Lockie Ferguson's a great addition for the team. Um, they've got Colin Monroe, and he is coming in for Nicholas Puran. Um, you know, he, he has had an amazing restart to the Pakistan Super League in the, in the, in the recent weeks. So let's hope he keeps with that momentum um, and he continues going because I'm yeah, looking forward to seeing him. But I do think that Nicholas Puran was a massive loss and I'm not quite sure it's like, like there in terms yeah. of quality. It's, it's tough to replace Nicholas Puran. But uh, yeah, Colin Monroe is a, is a fine, uh, a fine overseas player. Um, big hitter as well. And I, I think it can work. Um, we'll, we'll get to it, but I think that he'll complement the wildcard pick later. But uh, I interrupted yeah. your flow. No, that's fine. We were all, you know, really gutted to hear of Harry Gurney's retirement. Um, and I, you know, I was looking forward to seeing him with Manchester Originals. So that's really sad. Um, but for Harry Gurney, we've got the replacement of Ollie Robinson, who, um, you know, he's not as good in the death over bowlers as Harry Gurney. And, you know, we recently saw him debut for England obviously not under the best circumstances as it turns out, but I thought, you know, under the pressure, he did really, really well. Um, he had actually a fantastic debut, but we'll see how he does in the T20 because his economy rate is eight, which I don't think is great for one of your, you know, one of your top bowlers in the team. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he continues in form because that would be great. Because yeah, an eight economy rate for T20, we're looking definitely a lot lower. Um, we have... Wayne Madsen is out and we've, he's been replaced by Sam Hain, which is going to be an interesting shout as well. So that's your change. Those are your changes. I'm um, yeah, looking forward to hearing who the world card is because as it stands, I do feel that Manchester Originals are one of the weaker teams. It's a shame, isn't it? Because in their first draft pick, we didn't really think that much of it. <clears throat> then when they got the new lot, we thought, oh, hey, this is, this is looking pretty strong. And now they've lost a load of players again. Um, Sam Hain, there's quite a lot of calls that he should really be in that England squad. Um, and a lot of county fans know Sam Hain. And um, I, think he, I think he's a very good addition to the squad. As far as the wildcard picks, um, they went with Fred Clarson. 
who uh, is a Dutch cricketer but plays in England. Um, now, he is a left-arm medium-fast bowler, tall bowler. I think, you know, we, we speak over and over and over about the importance of having a left-arm option in your team. Um, and I think that that's going to be very useful. And now you think, okay, now they're looking pretty good as far as the fast bowlers are concerned. Lockie Ferguson, who is rapid, right-arm seamer. You've got Fred Clarsen now as a left-arm seamer. You've got Stephen Finn, all that wealth of international experience. I know that he dropped off, but I still don't, don't doubt Stephen Finn. So, yeah, I, I think that they picked their wild card pretty well as far as getting their team back to balance. Next up, we have um, the Oval Invincibles. And I'm going to keep it short and sweet. There are no changes to the Oval Invincibles, <laughs> which, um, you know, says a lot actually about, you know, priorities for players. They have got a lot of English players in their team. But at the same time, you know, so does everyone else, the same amount of numbers. But I know I do think they, they had less Australians to begin with, for example. But I, yeah, it's interesting that they had no changes. Will that make them a stronger team? The fact that they, they, know, they, they know their tactics from the beginning. They've had their team sorted out for a while. We'll see. But they do look like a really strong team. Yeah, again, when I, was, uh, when I was on down at Third Man, we were talking about potential finalists, and I thought for the men's squads, we were going to see the Oval Invincibles against Southern Brave in the finals. That was my theory anyway, just based on the idea that they have this core of England players, and there's been relatively no disruptions as far as Oval. And I think even in the first redraft, they'd almost filled their squad straight away. Um, as far as the wild card goes, I think they've also picked a gem of a selection. Um, they've got Jordan Cox, who is a wicketkeeper for Kent and also a batsman. Um, made 61 against Surrey in the blast, and you know the might of Surrey. I think that's that's really no mean feat. The jury is out, really, whether he's actually going to be keeping wickets, um, just purely because you know he's going to have to fight off Sam Billings in order to get a spot as a wicketkeeper but saying that you know there's 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 reason to believe that Sam Billings might be called off for England so you never know I, I think Jordan Cox was a very shrewd move and um, bolsters the batting and also provides that wicketkeeping option. That sounds good sounds good to me um, we're gonna go uh, to the Welsh Fire next and there's only been a couple of changes to the Welsh Fire a um, couple of complicated ones, but first up, they've they've uh, they've lost Jai Richardson mm -hmm. um, again, which is a real shame. He's been replaced by Jimmy Neesham for three games. For the first three games, he's replaced by Jimmy Neesham, oh, and right. then the Gibi comes in and and has the next five games. So Who? it's Let very me, confusing. Nagidi. Oh, Lungi Nagidi. Excellent. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Wow. Um, yeah, see, this, is, this is the great thing about being on this podcast is even we don't find out about it until, <laughs> until we're actually on it. <laughs> even we don't know what the hell's going on, but we'll try. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's a good, I think I'm excited for Nagidi. I think he's going to be amazing. But I um, have to say, Jimmy Nisham at the moment ha is not having a great run run of form for Essex in English conditions. So I don't think that is a great replacement for Jai Richardson. Um, we'll see how he goes. He's only got three games, but yeah. I do think that the, the latter five games is going to be a bit more interesting when Nagidi comes in. Um, then the next confusing one is they have Chiron Pollard. Um, yeah. 
but they only have him for the first few games. And then he has to go back to the West Indies for duties over there. So then they have got um, Glenn Phillips coming in after him for, for a couple of, couple, well, for the rest of the tournament, actually. Um, but what's great about Glenn Phillips is also a really good hitter, um, some serious boundary hits with him as well. So pretty like for like with those two. Um, but yeah, that's a confusing one with three yeah, games and five games. Uh, that seems to be the only one where they've already pre-announced, oh, by the way, our overseas internationals are going to be changing up somewhat. It feels like, does, I don't know, does that feel like a little bit underhanded on the part of Welsh Fire? They've technically got five overseas players now in Extra various players. Yeah, interesting. I mean, it would have been... You know, it would have been great if some of the Australians could have done that. But we spoke about before how, you know, in the world of COVID, you're not able to necessarily start the tournament in one place. You know, a couple of English lads used to do that with, with the um, Indian Premier League. You know, they started the tournament and they had to go back to England to finish up duties over there. Yeah, and, yeah. And, they, and the franchises were fine with that because they had a squad of, of more international players, which they just fed in to those spots as and when they needed them. Um, but... Yeah, it's, it's kind of confusing, but at the same time, if they'd done that more with maybe some of the Australians and worked out a way of keeping them for some of the games, I think it would have made sense a bit more rather than just it be the Welsh Fire's way forward. But who knows? Um, I think it might, yeah, might be a blessing in disguise for those guys. Yeah, I think so too. Um, well, as far as the wild card pick goes, uh, do you remember in the original squad, they had Lewis Duploy and then they released him? Yeah. Yeah, they got him back. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah uh, county people know Lewis Deploy, uh, left-handed batter for Derbyshire, uh, great batsman. Um, I think he's, yeah, he's welcome back there. Um, I thought it was a bit curious as far as Welsh Fire's strategy that they got rid of him and then have got him again. But I hope hey. he uh, asked for double the salary when they came crawling back. I'm like, hmm. Let's talk about that. You need to up the numbers a bit for me, please. Yeah, well, I hope you did. So, Lewis Deploy, if you happen to be listening to this, um, yeah, the, get, um, get your team on it. And for everybody else who is listening to this, by the way, because I haven't done my plug yet, if you're not following us already, please do. We are on Instagram at The100Report. We're on Twitter at 100Report. We're also on YouTube if you're watching this. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please do on all of that stuff down there. And uh, yeah, that's my plug finished. So where, where did we leave off? We just finished Welsh Fire, didn't we? We've got three more teams to go, um, so bear with us. We've got two changes for the Northern Superchargers. Big loss with Aaron Finch. Um, real shame to see him go because he's so great in the shorter formats, especially a really great opening batsman and level head, you know, level-headed captain of Australia. But he has been repa replaced by Faf Duplessis, which I'm very happy about i'm sure many of the northern supercharger fans are as well because faf is you know he he really works the game i think um he's you know he can be an opening batsman he is consistent he's kind of like the glue almost because he you know he digs deep he stays in for a while and he still does get and he sort of tees off at the end almost he's he's a very level-headed batsman and obviously with so much experience so i think that is a great replacement even though no one can replace aaron finch in my opinion um, but yeah, a great powerful hitter in Faf Duplessis. And then Jordan Thompson replaces Ollie Stone. Um, and you know, the good thing about Jordan Thompson is that you can also bat as well as being a great bowler. So they've got an extra with there, whereas, um, you know, Ollie Stone was purely a bowler. 
Um, so that's going to be interesting. But with Faf's entrance into the team, it's going to be interesting to see the order, or again, of the batsmen, because there's a lot of openers here. There's a, there's a real batting depth in this team. You've got Adam Live, you've got Chris Lynn, Tom Kohler-Cadmore with Faf Duplessis. So that's going to be really fantastic. I, I still think the Northern Superchargers are looking like a very strong team. Yeah, the, the one that are really sort of flying under the radar for me, and I'm not entirely sure why, because every time I look at the squad, I go, this is great. And, you know, we are watching the England matches at the moment, and John Simpson's keeping wicket, and he's doing very well. And we stressed on some of our team talks that the importance of having the wicketkeeper who can save you runs and how crucial that's going to be, as in, you know, every boundary you can stop, every, every ball down the leg side you can stop. It's all going to count. And John Simpson really impressed me in, uh, in the matches that I've seen so far. Um, but as far as the wild card picks go, <laughs> again, this squad is, is looking quite strong. And they have, they've got a really interesting wild card selection. They got Ben, uh, ben Rain, who is a bowling all-rounder, bowls medium fast, and is a left-handed bat. Again, left-hand, right-hand comp. Uh, combinations is always going to be useful he's had a pretty decent t20 i would say and uh yeah uh, in recent matches he's he strikes me as he's more he's been containing as in he's not going for very many runs and we talk about this being an important thing in one day cricket you don't necessarily have to take loads of wickets but if you complete in t20 if you complete your four overs for 20 runs that's you've earned your stripes in the team and I think, um, based on his previous form, perhaps that's how he's going to be utilised. But he does also biff it a bit down the lower end. So I think, yeah, great selection for the wild card for the Northern Superchargers. Good team there. So we're going to head down south next to the Southern Brave. They've had two changes and two big losses, in my opinion. They lost David Warner and, Mike, and Marcus Stoinis. This is the third time, is it, that they've lost David Warner? <laughs> or the second time I've lost count? Um, and, you know, they replaced David Warner in the first instance with Marcus Stoinis. Um, and then they lost another player and got David Warner back. Anyway, neither of them are available. They're with Australia. So that's a real shame. But they've got two great players to replace them. They've got Quinton de Kock, um, who is a fantastic opener. He's also a great wicketkeeper. He does really well in um, the IPL um, and obviously for South Africa. He's got great experience. So I'm super excited to see him down with Southern Brave. Um, they also have Devon Conway, who we've recently seen on his debut get a double century at Lords, which was fantastic. So in the shorter format, he'd already established himself, but now he's established himself as well with the Red Bull. Um, yeah, really, really great batsman. Um, and he also has really consistent runs in this format as well. So, um, you know, at, the only thing they're really missing out on in terms of the like-for-like -like replacement is that Marcus Stoinis obviously does bowl occasionally, but he has been doing that less and less recently and mostly been focusing, especially on the shorter formats, it gets less and less overs on his on his batting. So, Yeah, I, I think so. Pretty, uh, pretty darn good. Um, it's a really interesting wildcard selection that they've got, but um, I, I am kind of intrigued. And he's a player that's been around a fair bit, actually. Um, he... Uh, yeah, he's been in and about the county circuit for a while, but in recent years, in fact, literally in this last sort of year or so, he's just exploded. Um, he's called Jake Lintott, 
um, and he bowls left arm wrist spin, so left arm unorthodox, which you don't see very much. You know, the, the last time you saw somebody in an international team with a, an extended run who bowled left arm wrist spin was, uh, do you remember Paul Adams for South Africa? The frog in a blender? Um, very, very, very strange action, but um, yeah, it, he's uh, he's a bit of a different uh, bowler. Let's put it that way. But yeah, he had a great blast, and he has yeah he got four for twenty recently uh, against Northants. Um, I think it's a very useful addition to have. Well, spin in any way, but especially wrist spin, and then he adds the extra dimension of a left arm wrist spinner who can spin it both ways. I'm, yeah, if you had to push me into a corner, I think that this was probably the best selection of all the wild cards was, uh, was, to, was to get him. The last but not least, we had the Trent Rockets and there was only one change to the Trent Rockets. They lost Nathan Kothanal and they replaced him with Wahab Riaz. Um, and, you know, he does, does really well bowling at the death, uh, Wahab Riaz. That's really exciting. But, you know, looking down the you know the order of Trent Rockets I do think that they are missing that pace attack they're a little bit weak on that front so interesting to see whether they got that with the wild card because they have gone more with spin options which I think would suit them really really well for home games um at Trent Bridge but might struggle a bit down south in some of the other in the other stadiums well yeah it's interesting that you that you say that because they did pick a seam bowler they picked Sam Cook who plays for Essex who is known um, around around Essex's little chef, because obviously chef is taken by uh, the great Sir Alistair Cook. Um, yeah, uh, fast bowler. So I think that he'll help as far as adding that to the ranks. And Wahab Riaz is very fast even now. So it, it, that's definitely bolstered their, their attack, so to speak. But uh, yeah, he's been playing in the T20, as we said. Uh, all of these guys, it's based on their performance in the, in the blast. Um, and yeah, he's been bowling pretty tight. Against Surrey, he got four for 15. So again, I, <laughs> Surrey is often one that I go to and go, ah, well, if you can perform against Surrey, then you're probably doing all right, because Surrey just is a powerhouse as far as the one-day game is concerned. Um, but yeah, Sam Cook is your final wild card. So all in all, I actually think that they have selected the wild cards across the place really, really rather well. Um, but yeah, if uh, if you ask me, I think Jake Lintott and probably Jordan Cox were the two best ones for Southern Brave and Oval Invincibles, respectively. But that's just my opinion. Uh, what about you guys, the listeners? Do you have an opinion about which one was the best wild card? If you do, leave it in the comments below. Because uh, we like to hear from you guys. We like to hear that we're wrong, or we like to hear why we're wrong. <laughs> but anyway, that is... About it, um, obviously we've had the emergence of some of the Indian players playing for the women's team. So we've had like Jemima Rodriguez, Smriti Mandana, uh, a few others that have been uh, in all of the other squads. But we're getting there. And I'm actually just really rather excited to go and watch a match now. There's been so much talk and so much uh, build up around the squads. The squads have been changing left, right and centre. I kind of just want to get down to it and watch the match now. How about you? I was just thinking how interesting it would be to go back to last summer when we were recording or even last spring when we were recording the original team breakdowns after the original three hour draft that we watched um, on Sky that, that winter's morning or whatever it was so long ago and just to see actually how many of the original 
team members were still standing um, on the on the on the final teams. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Which team do you think is the best? In my opinion, we've got a very good team in the Trent Rockets, a very good team with the Southern Braves. Those are my two hot picks, I think. Yeah, I I am um, I went through this myself. As far as the the men's teams, I really do think for me. Uh, Overland Invincibles and Southern Brave have got the strongest squads. Despite that, I'm going to be following Manchester and Trent Rockets due to my uh, due to my home allegiances, so to speak. Um, but as far as the women's squads, I really think the, the Birmingham Phoenix are looking very strong. Um, especially, you know, they've got Izzy Wong and uh, Atal Maxud playing for them. Um, and yeah, London Spirit, Heather Knight. It's yeah, uh, they, they're going to be captained very well. Both teams in London Spirit. Um, but either way, it's just going to be exciting to finally get to watch this and actually go and see some of these uh, music artists that have been signed up to play as well, because some of them actually look kind of cool. Um, but anyway. There are still tickets available, so if you guys haven't got tickets yet, there are still some available on the website to a couple of the matches. I know that the final stage matches are pre pretty much sold out now, but the opening rounds, definitely go and support your local team. Just go and see what it's all about and then let us know what you think. Yeah, and have some fun while you're there. Right, let's uh, let's leave it for then. I guess uh, we will come back to you when the when the show gets underway. Um, we will be there for the first match. Um, the two teams, the Manchester Originals and the Oval Invincibles, will be there. The next question is, will you be there? Um, we'll speak to you guys soon. It's bye from me. Bye from me. See you.